So every clinic is different. So learning how to adjust to different clinics, some clinics are not going to have certain medications. So you're going to be having to make, you know, different protocols. And then some clinics you go to, they have set protocols that they use. Welcome to the Sawyer Vet Now What, the podcast. This is a show that serves as your audio mentor in your journey as a veterinarian. And each week, our awesome host, Dr. Mariah McCauley, will be bringing you insightful short-form interviews with happy, successful vets who are eager to share their career and clinical tips to make your life easier. So whether you're a final year vet student or a recent graduate, this podcast is your trusted companion on the pathway to success in veterinary medicine. Over to you, Mo. Welcome back to So You're a Vet. Now what? I'm your host, Dr. Mariah McCauley. There are so many career options to choose from in veterinary medicine. As a new graduate, you may have thought about working as a relief or locum vet, but how do you become one and what are the things you need to think about in regards to this decision? Well, to answer all these questions and more, I am joined today by Dr. Greg Eccles. Greg has been a relief vet for almost a year and absolutely loves his job and sharing that joy with others. I learned a great deal more about relief work, and I am so excited to share it all with you. So let's dive right in. All right, welcome back, you guys. And today I'm super excited to welcome Dr. Greg Eccles to the show. So Greg, welcome. Hey, hey everybody. How are you doing? It's so good to have you here. We are going to be talking about the big questions about all around relief work. And Greg is an awesome person to have on the show for this because you have been working in relief work for the last year or so at this point, and you are a small animal veterinarian. So I know there's going to be a fair amount of new grads and even finally your students that they've been seeing more and more uh, relief vets, thankfully, through social media. And so they probably have questions of, how do I become a relief vet? Why would I want to be a relief vet? So we're going to dive right into that. So Greg, how about you tell us um, what has been your experience in relief work been so far? Yeah, so I've been in relief work for about, it's getting ready to be a year now coming up this July. So it's been a great experience overall for me personally. Uh, personally for me, it was more I was getting really burnt out as an associate and I was looking for, you know, my next transition on what I was going to do. I was really seeking, you know, potentially going back into being an associate again at another practice that I had turned down the year before, or I was considering doing relief work at that point. I was definitely very scared and nervous just because knowing the concept of you are not going to be in the same place at all times, whereas an associate you're going to the same place. So you're used to the staff that you're with. You're used to the doctors that you work with. So there was definitely going to be some changes that, you know, was going to require a little bit of more mental awareness and understanding that everything's not going to be the same everywhere you go. So I was a little bit scared on that aspect. But as time grew on and, you know, the days grew on, it was something that you definitely learn and pick up skills a little bit better. I feel way more comfortable within yourself doing relief itself. So over this past almost a year now, I've enjoyed it. I love it. At this point in my career, I don't see myself going back to being an associate right now because I love relief work so much. It gives me so much more time to you know, enjoy life outside of work, which is the biggest thing that I enjoy so much as well because there's so much that you know I had to put on the back burner as an associate. 
and doing relief. It's so much more time that you have because your schedule's basically made off of what you would like to do and how you would like it and what you want to gain out of life for. No, I think there's been a lot of a, a positive movement on social media, just kind of showing this is what it looks like to be a relief vet. And I love how you kind of mentioned those different aspects of you had finished your first year as an associate vet and you're like, okay, I think I'm ready for something different. And so you ultimately made that decision of doing relief work versus being an associate at another practice where, again, you'd be at the same place every single day versus, I mean, in if you work five days a week, you could be at five different clinics or even 10 different clinics, depending on yeah. what shifts you're at, all in that span of time. But it leaves you with a lot more freedom to really design your own schedule and figure out what that's going to be. Granted, there are other aspects of your life that you have to work that around and figure out, okay, how many hours do I need to kind of make ends meet and have that uh, validation there. But with these final year students, with these new grads, if they are looking into relief vet, would you recommend that they go into relief vet or straight out of school? Or like what kind of time frame, what kind of experience would you advise for them to get before going into relief work? Yes. Yeah, so for new graduates, I definitely would say personally, I would be hesitant or I really wouldn't recommend a new graduate going straight into relief work. I feel getting either an internship um, right out of that school or becoming an associate and doing that for a year would definitely help you become a better veterinarian to be prepared for relief work. Because as a new grad, you're coming out, you're new, you're still trying to figure out you know, what you like, how you like things done. You know, if you're planning to do emergency or, you know, you're planning to do, you know, general practice, you know, as in veterinary medicine, things switch. So you may go in thinking you want to do one thing and then you want to do something totally different. So you're basically getting those grounds, you know, finding out, do you really like surgery? Is this something that you really want to pursue or not? Getting all your skills up to par at that point. So I really feel that first year out of vet school, either an internship or, you know, doing a year as an associate will give you that foundation that you're going to need because that's going to help you as a better clinician doing relief because so much in relief, you're not always going to have a doctor there with you. And a lot relies on you personally by yourself, or you may have other clinicians there, but sometimes things can get kind of hectic to where you're not able to ask or bounce ideas off of someone at right at that moment. So it's best to know, you know, what plans you may have already or formulated in your brain during that time frame to jump off of in case you're not able to go to someone and be able to discuss a case with them. So definitely feel like that there's definitely, you know, first year grads that are going to be great and would do awesome with relief as their first job. I just feel like having that foundation as an intern or as a First year associate will make you and, you know, build that foundation even better for you to do relief, you know, to the best of your capability. Yeah, I think you, you kind of touched on a big point where you're probably working the relief job because they don't have another vet there to fill the spot. So you'll probably be working as the lead or at least secondary veterinarian in a lot of these cases. And as a new grad, as we've talked about mentorship so much on this show, like you're really going to be missing out on that key mentorship of having the same mentor in the same place every single day. So again, if you can be in one place, at least for six months, I think that'd be beneficial for you to gain some foundations, find out, like you said, find out, do you like surgery? Do you want to do surgery? Do you feel confident enough to do surgery on your own if you're in a new uh, practice? So lots of value in all of that. So if we have someone who's going to go into relief vet, 
And we've talked about how long they should try and get some foundational skills. But what are some of those other things that they need to consider if they are going to do relief? Uh, I'm even thinking about like the financial considerations. Yes. So there's a lot that goes into it. One is definitely travel because you definitely are, you know, going like when I was an associate, my job was five minutes from my house at that point. So if I was running personally a little bit late, but still, I know I would get there, still be on time for my appointments. Whereas relief that a lot of times your clinics that you go to may not be five minutes. You may be driving 10, 15 miles. You may be driving a little bit further than that. Overall, me, the company I work with, we go off a radius. So I basically have to really be going to clinics that they try to schedule me to within that radius, which mine is like 35 miles. So it can definitely get pretty out there depending on, you know, what clinics you are. And then you also have to think about if you have a non-compete, you may not be able to work in the area that you currently are working. But then also finances play a role too as well. So, you know, with relief work and you have the different options of relief work, whether with a company or if you're planning to do freelance relief work where you basically are an entrepreneur, you're making your own schedule, you're making your own salary, how much you're planning you want to get paid. So you really have to think about, you know, how many hours you want to work during the week to suffice, you know, your life and your lifestyle overall. And is it going to, you know, your salary that you're trying to make for yourself, is that going to suffice you throughout, you know, each month? So, you know, with freelance, you're really on your own trying to go out, you know, find clinics, getting yourself booked. Whereas with companies, a lot of companies that you work with, they actually make your schedule for you and you really don't have to do anything and you're getting a guaranteed salary regardless. So you really have to take that into mind which route you would like to do. I definitely feel like freelance, you can make way more because you're basically setting your standards, your salary. You're basically doing all the work, but you're handling all your taxes too as well. Whereas uh, working typically with a company or going W-2 route, you make definitely less than what a freelance would do, but you're also, they're handling basically everything else and you're just going to the clinic to work. And <laughs> you have, it's way less stressful, I feel personally, which is the route that I decided to choose. But there's definitely a lot that goes into it. Um, definitely financially, definitely about distance and travel. And then also mentally, because like we say, you're going to be not always at the same clinic each day. So every clinic is different. So learning how to adjust to different clinics, some clinics are not going to have certain medications. So you're going to be having to make you know different protocols. And then some clinics you go to, they have set protocols that they use. Uh, which you may not be comfortable with. So it's definitely, um, you know, hit and miss at some clinics. Personally, I haven't had really any bad experiences, you know, as far as medicine goes. There's definitely some clinics I've been to where I personally will not go back just to how the clinic operates and, you know, my beliefs um, as a veterinarian. So you definitely, if that's occurring, if you're a freelance vet, that's something you have to handle for yourself. Whereas with a company like I work with, they handle that for me and I really don't have to deal with or, you know, interact with that potential confrontational issue that may occur because they handle that for me. I can definitely see how having a company handle it reduces a ton of stress 
just from the whole fact of like trying to, if you're trying to figure out, like like you said, taxes on your own and liability insurance on your own, setting your own contracts and standards, like for myself, that's just too much. For someone else, they might be like, that's my like happy place. I love to nitpick those things. More power to you if that's your case. (laughs) But um, for us, we're going to go the company route. You kind of alluded to some of the challenges that you face as a relief vet. One, just being you're in a emotionally, physically, mentally being in a different place every single day. But also like occasionally you end up in practices where it doesn't quite sit well with what their protocols are. So how do you handle those situations and how would you advise a new grad who goes into relief to handle them? Yes, I always recommend, you know, make it aware and like speak up um, for them. So you don't have to be rude or you don't have to be negative about anything. Like one clinic that really likes to use is their combination product for their sedative. Well, for their pre-med, they use ACE, Torb, and Atropine, which personally, I just, you know, I don't use that for every single patient, you know, as far as my pre-medication. And they always induce with telazole for their induction agent. And I'm always used to propofol or I'm always used to Alphax. That's all I've ever used. I've never really used telazole unless I was about to euthanize something. So anytime I thought of telazole, it really scared me to death uh, for me. So I always recommend like speaking up about that because a lot of clinics, if they don't know, you know, and that's all that they're set in and that's all that they know. And you're coming in as a new grad, they're always looking for ways of improvement. So with this clinic, they always, anything that I brought up where I was, you know, interested in using, they would bring it to the clinic for me to utilize. So I was able to bring in Alphax. I was able to bring in Hydro, um, Hydromorphone because they wouldn't even use that. They use TORP for every, you know, any kind of procedure, which I don't feel like is great pain management. For I know. Me. I was like, where's the pain management? <laughs> so I was able to bring in Hydromorphone whenever, you know, I came on. Or any kind of, you know, because I really like dermatology. They really didn't have that many options for like skin or ear medications. They were just used to, you know, odic packs so, or steroids. <laughs> and they really didn't care very much Apoquil or Cytopoint. So when I came on, you know, I was able to bring that stuff in and get them more used to it because they were more older vets and just used to their ways. Used to what they were used to. Yeah. Yes. So it's not that, you know... I came off negative or anything. It's just that these were things that I was used to that I felt were way more beneficial, which helped them understand the concepts of those and get them on at the same time to where the hospital could be way more profitable too as well. So um, personally, me coming on and doing this, I'm not making you know a profit because I have a set salary. It's basically they're using me and helping me bring in you know clients to them so they can see more clients to help make the hospital more profitable. So if you are not used to things or is something that's just a little bit steady with you and it's things that you would rather do, I always say just speak up to them because a lot of hospitals, not everyone, but definitely a lot of hospitals, they'll definitely consider and you'll be you know, surprised at the ones that will actually bring stuff on that you're used to. And in a way, if you have a practice that it still doesn't sit well at the end of the day, you don't have to go back. You don't there. have to go back. <laughs> <laughs> that's a benefit I think we all would appreciate every now and then. <laughs> yeah. Goodness. Well, as our time is running short here, I'd love to hear from you. Like, what is some of your one of your favorite experiences that you've had so far in relief? Yeah. So the biggest thing, personally, I would say has always been my best experiences. Whenever I was an associate, the biggest thing I miss about being an associate is my client-patient relationship um, that I get to see with my clients routinely, especially if I'm seeing them as puppies. 
you're seeing them grow up and then, you know, their sick visits and they're always wanting to see you. And then going to relief, a lot of times you don't, you don't really see that anymore because you're chronically, you're at a different hospital. So for you, it's always, it's not new pets for them, but it's always new pets for you that you're seeing. So you hardly ever get to see anything consecutively unless you start actually using your week to go to those hospitals multiple times throughout the week, which is an option too as well. And so there have been times where, you know, being and doing relief, you know, owners, they really like me, they really love me. And so they just started scheduling all their visits with me whenever I come in or, you know, the clinic or hospital manager or practice manager will call me. And if I'm working someday, they'd be like, so-and-so only wants to see you. Do you mind if I put them on your books at this point? And I'm like, yeah, it's totally fine. So, you know, I was here. We'll make it work. And it just makes me feel good that they still... Like as an associate, you know, you have that bond, but even as a relief, it shows that you can still make that bond, you know, with the clients if you still give that same quality medicine and, you know, same love and, you know, joy that you show to all your patients throughout that time frame. And that was the biggest thing I missed, but it's great that I still can see that it still happens even in relief because it still makes me know that, you know, I'm still doing a great job, which is the good thing. No, I, I, that would definitely like just warm your heart to have that kind yeah. of situation happen. Because I know even working as a general practitioner in the same practice every day, that is still one of my favorite things is getting to see that continuity of care and see them grow up. So it's really in a way encouraging to hear that you can still have that to a level within relief work. Yes. And so I honestly, that's a great way to wrap things up for today. And I feel like I learned a lot about relief that I wasn't already aware of. And hopefully this provides some good information for our new grads who are thinking about relief Maybe they've seen it pop up on social media a bit more. And I know that they can always reach out to you if they have any further questions exactly. regarding it. So definitely if you guys, if you have questions, reach out to Greg. He's awesome. He's so energetic and happy to answer these questions. But with that, Greg, I'll say thank you so much once again for joining us on the show today. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, you guys. Till next week. See ya. So that's it for another show. Thank you so much to Dr. Mariah and her guests for today's tips. And if you're interested in learning more about what we do to support early stage vets in their careers, then check out my book, Sorry Vet Now What? or Non-Clinical Skills Training Class of the same name. Until next time, take care. 